Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. and you're listening to Concerts That's Made Us.
Keenan Eckstein, you're very welcome to Concerts That Made Us. Thank you very much for having me. It's a huge honor to be here. Very excited. I'm delighted to have you now. I'm looking forward to diving into your music. So you released your album, your debut album, Golden Fever on July 8th. What can you tell us about it? Yes, sir. The album uh, Golden Fever, we, we've we been working on that for about uh, a year or whatnot. I'm very excited to have it out there. It's our first uh, full body of work where we can showcase, you know, what exactly uh, a little bit more depth towards, um, well, in contrast to our EP where we we had a few songs and then and we, we played it safe and all that jazz. And this one, I think, is, is just something to show that we have a bit more depth, diversity and... Um, yeah, I'm just excited to have it out there and have the world going strong. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, debut albums, they're a major statement. What do you think this record says about you? Uh, it's more of answering the question of, um, there, there's usually the, the, the question that I that I get a lot is, what what genres are you going for? What all that, you know, the sound and whatnot. And, and this one we put together so that I can I can almost answer that without having to answer it, just to say that, I can't tie myself to a specific sound. Um, here is here is this body of work. This is what we're starting with, and um, it's only gonna it's only gonna grow and expand from here on. But uh, if if I could sum it up in a in a, in a sentence, I'd say just here is Keenan next to him, everybody. <laughs> perfect, perfect. And you know what's your approach to songwriting? At twenty two years of age, you've got major talent to be able to write the way you do. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I would say the, the, the process, it, it comes in drips and drabs of inspiration. Um, the words, funny enough, lyrics and all that come rather easy. To me, the challenge is, is the, the melody, finding something that hooks, something that stays in your head. And then we flesh it out from there. But um, I'd say, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be fiddling around on the guitar, piano, whatnot, come across something pretty. And then I start building onto that and have my words fill in from there. Um, so I'd say, yeah, yeah, the, the the hardest part to me is melody and then let the words flow. Find your story. I see, I see. And you know, your voice, it's a very distinctive voice, you know, and it's one of those, I've heard it compared to George Ezra and I can kind of see it a little bit, the deepness, I think. But it's hmm. one of those voices that if you heard it on the radio and no, had no idea what you looked like, you yep. wouldn't picture you, you know. And... <laughs> But what? How did you find your voice? How did you find your style? That's a that's an interesting question. I actually haven't thought about it. Um, but but if I can if I can try and put a finger on it, I'd say I because I started out with just playing guitar when I was eleven. So my dad taught me some chords and whatnot, and I'd expanded a bit from there. Um, never had any singing lessons or anything professionally done. But um, I'd say this might sound strange, but impersonating voices. I've always been rather good with with impersonations and whatnot. And then when I started singing, I was like, what if I try and impersonate, you know, all these different voices until I found something, you know, kind of like a middle, you know, create your own with all these different inspirations and dialects and, and uh, way of pronunciations and whatnot. Um, and eventually it came across what I, what I have today. I'm still trying to find different sounds and whatnot, um, you know, growing all the way. If that explains it in a, in a way that makes sense. It does. It does. I think uh, I think you've definitely found a sweet spot for what works anyway. And, you know, the other day I was reading your bio and it kind of made my head spin. I mean, you've been performing for two years. Your track Dixie Clouds has over 100,000 streams. The music video, 410,000 views. You've appeared on the Espresso TV show and your songs are playlisted on multiple 
multiple radio stations. It seems like it's you're on this whirlwind ascent. You know, what does it feel like to you? You know, is it such a whirlwind? It is. It is. Um, I mean, the, the hunger never stops. So uh, you're always looking for more. But but when when I sit back and, and, and as you say, I'm, I'm analyzing uh, everything we've done, when I put it on paper and read, you know, everything that we actually have accomplished, it's very, very, very humbling, very um, inspiring. And, and um, I'm, I'm very grateful for it, knowing that, that there are, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people doing what, what we're doing. And it, it, it might be a bit more of a struggle. Not that, not that everything comes easy, but uh, just very, very grateful um, for the, 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 the progress we've made in the time span that we've got so far. And I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do when, when that period doubles up, you know, if we can keep, keep the trajectory going. So it's a very humbling experience, I'd say. Yeah, and what what would you credit your success to? Oh damn, um, not wanting to live a normal life. Right, that's that's a very good one. All right, yeah. Uh, this question correctly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And at this stage, so we'll dive into your early influences to give the listeners a sense of where you come from. So it's a bit of a tricky one to start with now. But can you remember your earliest musical memory? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, um, this is such a such a plot twist in ways, because um, uh, my dad and him were also musicians growing up, you know, cover bands and whatnot. So I've always grown up with with some rock and roll in the eighties and whatnot, but never really found my my grip on that until much later. So I I a lot of indie stuff, a lot of folk, a lot of uh, acoustic work, and 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 some pretty atmospheric stuff. Um, up until I was like maybe sixteen or so where I started diving back into the old influences, I'd say Fleetwood Max, your, your 70s, your 80s, a lot of Beatles. Um, I had a huge, huge Beatles phase. Not, not, not a lot of it is, is being, is being um, uh, shown in my work, but definitely Beatles and, and recently Stones, the Rolling Stones. So that, that's, where, that's where it's kind of moved to. Mm, you're definitely a fan of the classics. So it must have been great growing up in a house, though, with your father being a musician and a I suppose it was probably maybe predestined you were going to go down that route. I mean, it. it uh, I, I never knew. Um, at, at the start, I wanted to play drums, but I think that's just because any kid who looks at a band thinks like the clanging and banging looks like the most fun out of it all. But then taught some guitars. Uh, uh, he, uh, you know, taught me the guitar. And I remember there was, it was a show that I watched um, on, on YouTube or on TV or whatnot. And I think it might have been uh, Queen. And I saw the front man and I saw him running around and, you know, just bringing the people to life. And, and that to me was something that, that ignited something completely different. And then I knew, you know, I want to be there in front. I want to I see if I can create that impact and, you know, bring the world together or at least the world in me, you know, at the shows. And uh, that inspired it. So um, I think that's where the hunger started. Yeah, you wouldn't actually believe how many musicians say to me that it was Freddie Mercury that started it all for them. During your teenage years then, what sort of music were you exposed to by your friends and your peers? And how do you think it affected the musician you are today? That's a good question. Unfortunately, I grew up in, in, in the, well, not, not unfortunately, no, no hate, but grew up in a time where, where pop music and rap music just took over. So there was a bit of irritation and annoyance with the fact that there was no no diving deeper into music anymore. Not not that, not that there weren't good music being put out, but in my direct um, atmosphere, what I heard was a bunch of stuff that I didn't necessarily appreciate. 
So there was there was a part of me that went, you know what? Let, let me see if I can do something that I like that I put out there that 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 feels a bit more than just the generic, you know, eight oh eight drum bass and uh, some some demeaning rap lyrics, you know. Yeah, yeah, you wanted something a bit deeper. Yeah. And uh, you know, what what was your local music scene like growing up and how does it compare to today? The local music scene, um I was never too exposed to that as a as a child. Um, but but I do know of I mean the cover bands that my dad played in and um I, I've heard him go to a few concerts like the Rasmus and um uh, Thirty Seconds to Mars and whatnot, but Locally, we we don't have a, such a big scene. We have a bunch of pub gigs and all that jazz, but no no huge festivals and stuff that I was exposed to. At least, I mean, there were a lot going on, but but I never, I've only been to two live shows in my life. I'd say. Oh man, oh man, it's, uh, the next question is going to have a short answer. So, what concerts <laughs> would you say have made you? <laughs> um. So the one that I can recall was most recently. I think it was. Early this year or last year's side was the Lumineers, funny enough. Um, also a big influence uh, about two years ago, you know, just, just because I was, uh, I didn't have a band or anything. So I'd listened to a lot of their music as a solo artist. You know, well, not a, I hadn't been an artist yet, but telling myself that if I can make it with just an acoustic guitar, then at least, you know, there's potential. If, if, you, if you can do it with an acoustic guitar and rock it up, then you can do it great with a band as well. So the Illuminators definitely had a big influence, and and I got the, the opportunity to go watch them. Um, and the concert before that, I don't even think it was a, a major band. It was just something that my dad and them had taken me to, like a like a compilation of you know like an end of year kind of bunch of bands just getting on the stage and doing some doing some music. Yeah, and you know when you're watching a band on stage, then are you able to totally switch off and just enjoy the experience, or are you more so? Not critical, but are you watching them and like, oh, I could do that in my show or, you know, are you learning from them? There's a lot of envy in a healthy way, I'd say. Um, but but it, there's, there's, I'd say there's two parts. Obviously, there's the appreciation for it and, and singing along and you feel like a fangirl. But um, then, there's, then there's that part that's like, damn it, I want that. You know, I, I, let's, let's see if we can one day reach a point where we can incorporate something like this. And just appreciating the fact that now that I've, I've been in a band and I know how challenging it could be to put up a good show, not just play the music, not just be tight, but put up an actual show. I'd say it was very inspiring to see, especially because the Lumineers are a folk band. You know, you're you're not expecting necessarily, you know, the whole shebang, but they put up the whole shebang and they totally blew me away. So very inspiring to see, definitely very analytical from my side and trying to get some tips and tricks here. And yeah, just making notes for one day when we can. Yeah, yeah. And I'm looking forward to this now. Your shows, what are they like for people that haven't caught them? Give us the full experience if you can. Oh, so I'd say um, at the start, I, I, I enjoyed playing guitar and whatnot. And obviously, you know, doing some doing some frontman guitaring. But slowly but surely, I, I very much started enjoying grabbing the microphone and call it call it uh, Jagger influence, Mick Jagger's influence, you know, just running around, jumping, same with Harry Styles as well. Um, very interactive with the crowd. I, I like to move. I, I'm not one of those, not not that there's anything wrong with it, but I'm not going to stand still and sing you the song. I'm going to you know, come to you and engage. I'm going to, me and my guitarist, we move around. We, 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 it's a very energetic show. There's a lot of movement, a lot of passion. Um, unfortunately, a lot of sweat, but um, 
depending on who minds. But um, yeah, and, and, and as much engagement as possible with the crowd. So um, yes, I also started writing for that. Um, so that, you know, at, at the start, there may be one or two slow songs that I wrote. And then I realized this is what we can do at live shows and started writing for energy. So, so if I can sum it up in any way, uh, in my in my own words, I just say the rock and roll fire is there. Right, right. That's an interesting one you touched on, actually. How do you approach writing a song that you know will get people moving? Mm, that's interesting. Um, I I would have to say it all starts with the the BPM the beat. I'd, I'd go, okay, so this this feels like it can get people going. You know, you get a do do or you know however however fast you want it. But um, from there, and then also try and think of what what feelings would be would be would be felt, and and um, just just trying to to call it birth something, <laughs> or lack of a word, something that that would that would get you going and and moving. So, uh, baseline important. Um, we've recently started dabbling with electronics as a synth and whatnot, but nothing too far out yet, um, and just keeping it very. You actually got me in a corner there. I, I'm, I'm not too sure how I approach the, the the music that makes people move, but I just have to say whatever I'd want to see happen, I try and I try and write. Which also have to keep an objective eye, obviously, because you can't just. Well, I mean, yeah, that, that has two parts. Music is subjective, but also you got to stay a little bit subjective if you want to write for the masses. Just my opinion. My opinion. No, you're definitely right there. You can't just keep uh, writing music that you only want to listen to. You know. Yeah, unfortunately, I've seen a, a handful of artists and whatnot who, who do that, and it is pretty, it is beautiful, um, but it, it could be limiting in terms of, just, just for live show-wise, it could be limiting. You know, it's it's lovely on the record, you can close your eyes, you can listen to it, but it it um, you can't necessarily always translate that onto the stage. Wouldn't be a very energetic show, I'd imagine. And, uh, you know, your showmanship then, as the front man, how do you work on it? I watch. I watch others. I I try and look uh, watch as many people that inspire me as possible. Um, so once again, Mick Jagger, Elvis. Funny enough, um, uh, in his in his seventies period, um, and uh, these days Harry Styles has been a huge, huge, huge influence. Just in terms of of the production and and how he engages, how he dances, how he moves around. It's it's a very big. Uh, it's an inspiration. Definitely not that I'm trying to be a copycat or whatnot, but you know, you analyze and you see what you can incorporate or um, just what energy you can you can bring to them. But also in the rehearsal room, I'd say when we're when we're working on things, there's there's certain moments where you can say, "Oh, I can do that here. I can do that there." Where it's clever, um, and then just <laughs> trying to have the stamina to sing while doing it all. What is it about the the seventies Elvis though? I thought it would have been the fifties Elvis. You know, where he was dancing more energetic. I'd say the seventies Elvis way he did that that those concerts with the leather, you know, the the, the, the the jumpsuits and whatnot, where he's throwing the power on. Um, there's nothing wrong with the fifties, whatnot. Uh, I just can't shake my hips like he did. <laughs> right, right. Oh, yeah. I suppose yeah. there's a reason to call them Elvis the pelvis. Elvis the pelvis. <laughs> and you know, out of all the gigs you've played, then is there one that you revisit in your mind as maybe the best experience you've had? There's been well since uh, okay so so before we we reached this point where we are now, currently there was there was a jam rock show um, back at home uh, uh, in South Africa there's a there's a little well not a little but there's a theater called Jamrock Theater 
And that was our first uh, huge stage platform where we were able to play. And I really enjoyed that because because we want the energy um, so much, we want that engagement. It can be very limiting and not discouraging, but a little off-putting when you've got a little space to work with. You know, there's not much moving around and whatnot. So we got the opportunity to play at at Jamrock Theatre. And although it's a sit-down venue, it wasn't people standing, um, not yet at least. It was still one of the the most fun we've done, as well as there was one that um, we played at a, at, a, at a little music festival called Some Sundays, where we were that people were standing, and it's an outdoor festival, and we had the opportunity to open for one of the bigger local bands in our in our country, and that was also very very inspiring. You know, out in the sun, just moving around, big stage as well. And um, but but the main the main one that that stood out to me is now that we've reached the last last few days. Um, was was in Hungary, the Vesprem Festival. Uh, the Jutta Kazen Fest, something like that. I, I can't pronounce it yet. But um, biggest crowd I've ever seen, uh, most engaging crowd I've ever seen, uh, most impact we've ever had on a crowd. And just, yeah, it was very, very eye-opening, very goosebump-inducing. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, just something that, that I, I think changed changed my life a little. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, to flip it around without naming names now, is there an experience you've had that you would say is maybe the worst? And how did you deal with it? Yes. Uh, so our first European tour we went on was just me doing solo, um, just me and acoustic guitar. And by then we had just released uh, the EP. So six songs we've got out there. By then we hadn't necessarily reached as many streams and all that jazz. So uh, we decided to go through to Europe, which was an amazing experience, but also taking into consideration that being in Europe, knowing that you are not as well known, you got to take the risk and, and, and you know, play the game either way. But there was one night at, at, at a club where uh, we played the same night the Rolling Stones played. So only two or three people showed up. Um, but but nonetheless, I told myself that as 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 um, heartbreaking as it could be, you got to swallow it up. And those people came to watch you. You know, give them the show of their life so that they don't forget you. So um, if you know, yeah, yeah, it sucks to not see a crowd come to you, but you got to be realistic. You got to realize that you know um, it takes time to make that name, especially if you're going abroad. Yeah, true. And at least now you can say you were on stage at the same time as the Rolling Stones. No, <laughs> and the the tour you mentioned there, you it was a thirteen stop one month tour of Europe in show, with shows in Germany, France, and Austria. What was it like? That was that was uh, one of the most eye opening experiences uh, to date. Just because by then I had never been on a plane, I had never been outside of my country, and just to to uh, wake up and realize that that uh, you're now going onto a plane, you're going out of your country, not just for a holiday, not just to go you know, to a business meeting, but to go do something that, that you know, you love and uh, something that you're working on career-wise, that was that was amazing. Seeing all the cultures, seeing the architectures, that was something that stood out to me, you know, the European architecture. The people are, are very accepting of, of, of uh, accepting and uh, loving of the music, whatnot, whatever you played, you know, there's, there's always going to be someone, whereas maybe it's a bit more limiting here at home. Um, but all in all, very, very, very eye-opening experience, and that that just increased the the, the hunger and uh, made the passion even more. How did it come about? You know, because it's a major achievement. Like it's not like driving five minutes down to the next town; it's a whole different continent. You know. 
Yeah, so so um, uh, my manager, uh, Jeremy Farber, he's also a producer and marketer and uh, yeah, you name it, he's, he's doing it. Uh, very, very thankful for him. Without him, there'd be literally none of this. Um, he, he saw me for the first time. He heard, my, I think my dad had sent a little voice note of me singing a song to a friend of his and, and somehow, you know, through the grapevine came about and slowly we developed the music and whatnot. And uh, yeah, fast forward, he made it possible along with our booking manager, Jason Ling. Uh, he's the one that, that made it all possible for us to go abroad and just, you know, make it happen. I have to ask, how do European audiences compare to South African audiences? I'd say the the European audiences is much more engaging. I'd yeah. say they're very, uh, very, very open to to you know coming to the front, dancing. Uh, afterwards, they they come to you and and, and uh, not not that the South African audience is not, but it's just more, much more, much more energy, much more excitement. But then again, it also depends on. Um, who I was back then playing for South Africa and who I am now. Um, so the impact you make, I'd say, uh, will be the deciding factor for how the crowd and, and, and different you know, uh, people across continents uh, re- respond to the music. But all in all, it, I can't say good or bad of, of either, but, but um, yeah, there's, there's a certain energy to the European audiences that just is very flattering. And venue-wise, then, is there much of a difference? I suppose the main one is probably there's more venues. Yes, unfortunately, we do uh, in 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 Cape Town where we do stay. There's there's only a handful of uh, places you can play without becoming the every Thursday night pub gig. You know, so it is a bit limiting. But there are still a few that we can we can we can nail down. Um, but it's just a matter of finding a, a route that you can you know because now you gotta you gotta cycle it out and you gotta you can't just play that same venue the whole time even though it's great but you know it's, it's gonna get washed out so europe europe definitely has much more um i mean you travel by train for an hour and then you've got a whole new town with 10 new clubs you know whereas in south africa you've got maybe 10 clubs in cape town and then maybe you've got to go to Joburg for but so i'd say in in back home the goal would be to try and target as many festivals because there, there's there's one or two going on where, where you can really make it, but just getting your head in there is a bit difficult due to also um, not being an Afrikaans artist, the home language we speak. Uh, a lot of the big festivals tend to be for Afrikaans and also a lot of the festivals tend to be, you know, trance and house and uh, electronic music related. So here in Europe, there's just much more opportunity for True, you know, not 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 true music, no, no, yeah, <laughs> just rock and roll. There's a lot more, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, when it comes to showtime, you know, the moments before you go on stage, how do you psych yourself up? Then when you come off stage, how do you calm down? Mm, um, so the psyching up, uh, there's, there's a little bit of physical to it. It's it's like you know, jumping around, you know, shaking out the hands. Uh, me and my me and my guitarist uh, occasionally do a push up or two. But it's just that that you know you use the butterflies that come and you use that adrenaline uh, to feed you and um, just checking out the crowd beforehand through the curtain, seeing you know the excitement build, building up. Um, but I, I'd say it starts the week of already. If you know you're playing a gig that Friday, that that entire week you're 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 burning to see what's going to happen. Um, so psyching myself up would just be seeing if I can do better than I did at the last show. And um, you know, show goes on. We do the show and coming down. The unwinding, I, I try not to focus on that. I just try and keep that high. Um, you know, take some pictures if there are people who want to take pictures. 
shake some hands uh, and then thank those who, who come to appreciate it. Um, but just ride the wave for as long as possible until you reach your head to sleep. Right, right. And you know, you do go to sleep, you wake up the next morning, it's kind of back to reality. How do you deal with that feeling? It's 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 like, sometimes it's like it never happened. You know, it's like I, I can see the pictures, there's some videos, there's proof that it was there. But, you know, where's the next one? <laughs> I've heard that. All right. Don't think about the one that's passed. Just look to the next one. Yeah. 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 And when it comes to your career, how do you measure success? Uh, that's a difficult one. Um, I'd say in, in, in a few few different ways. Obviously, realistically, we've got to measure it by these days, you know, um, views and streams and, and, and the, the, the reaction of the world. But to me personally, if I can just make it to to a big stage and play for the world, you know, then I'd, I'd have died a happy man. Even if even if we're not making billions and millions and whatnot, just to to be able to play for as big a crowd and make an impact uh, on someone's life. I mean, the other day, now that last show, that Vesprim show that I mentioned to you, we played a show and there was someone that, that uh, uh, had only list, started listening to our music a while back. Um, and I saw in the crowd that when the, when the specific song was Golden Fever, actually, we started playing that. She burst out into tears of joy. It was like trembling, shaking. And that to me was a moment where I was like, you know, if I if I fall down, drop to my face right now and, and don't wake up, I'm happy. That's more, worth more than anything else when it comes to yeah. repair, I feel. As long as you're touching people like that and getting a response, you know. Yeah. And what are some other items left on your bucket list that you want to achieve when it comes to your career? Definitely stadium gig. I mean, I'm sure that that's something you get a lot. You know, everyone wants to play a stadium, but just to to, to get out there and see the crowd, you know, it's it's um, that and and um, just to produce as much uh, music as we can and feel, you know, like inspiration comes. Let's make it, let's put it out there. Let's not limit ourselves to anything or anyone. Um, just to 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 whatever comes up, you know, we want to grab and go for. Very vague. I, there's there's nothing specific that I can. I can pinpoint too, but um, yeah, just just hoing. Gotcha, I gotcha. And you know, say 10, 20 years down, well, you're only 22, so maybe 20 or 30 years down the line, would you like to stay behind the mic or would you prefer to maybe move behind a desk and go into producing? Uh, I wouldn't say that that's something that I, I mean, I, I'd like, I, I, I wouldn't mind writing a song or two for someone, but I feel kind of... Uh, selfish in a way you know if i if i'm if i'm bringing something to life i want to i want to put it out there you know uh just get that uh appreciation and recognition for uh you know the talent that you that you that you have because uh, for a long time uh you know during school days and whatnot you'd play music and whatnot and people wouldn't necessarily bat an eye so just to know that i'm putting it out there uh means the world you know someone knows the recognition of it just uh, to be heard but um, I, I definitely say if, if my voice and my body and still allows it, I still want to be behind the mic. But then again, me and my producer do sit behind the desk. So it's not that I, that I don't enjoy the producing side of it. It's just I don't see myself necessarily uh, becoming a, a guy behind the desk producing for others, unless it's a passion project, unless it's something fun that we're doing, just messing around or whatnot. But officially, I want to stay on that stage. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Now, your future plans. I know there's a European tour. Lay it all out first. Yeah, so we've got, we've, we we started uh, on the 17th. We we, we landed up in, 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 in uh, Frankfurt. Um, and we've got a 11-stop show this time. 
So we did now four days in Westfrem, uh, one for each day, one for each day. And now we've got Germany, all over Germany left. So we've got Berlin, Munich, and um, yeah, a bunch of little clubs. And there's also one or two more festivals that we can play, which I'm very grateful for. Uh, like, as I said, you know, just having that opportunity to be on a nice platform, very big crowd engaging. So yeah, we're, we're going strong until until we return home. And then we're going to try and... Uh, Try and uh, do what we can there as well. You know, as I said, with that cycle, try and get into those festivals and just trying to play as much and release as much as we can to become an earworm. <laughs> I see, I see. And, you know, I feel like this uh, European tour is almost going to become like a yearly thing. Is there any stops that you really would like to hit next time? Uh, realistically, um, the Budapest Festival. So we've we've discovered that the people we're playing at um, with this Vesperin show, they own the Budapest Festival. So there's definitely a hunger. Um, I mean, we'd love to play both again. But um, the, the, there's realistically, for now, knowing, taking into consideration the growth and the progress and everything, without saying, yeah, give me Glastonbury, um, which is on the list. But uh, yeah, that, I'd say the Budapest Festival for next year would definitely be on the list. Nice, nice. Right, at this stage, so we'll uh, we'll dive into the last couple of questions. Everybody gets these, I'm afraid, so you can't get off the podcast till you answer. <laughs> um, if you could see any musician or band from history in concert for one night only, who would it be? That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, probably Mercury. Mercury or, or The Stones, but then also Fleetwood Mac. Three of them. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. And if you didn't work in the music industry, what would you be doing? That's an interesting one. I, I try and um I, I always say I'm a man of diversity. <laughs> so so I, I there's a lot of interests, but also you gotta follow the passion. So there was a part of me that thought, ah, oh, maybe you can become a businessman, maybe you can do this and that. But um performance is in the blood. So I'd say probably head over to the movies see if i can make it over there not a bad one not a bad one at all and this is an odd one now if you had to spend 24 hours locked in a room with any musician from history who would it be oh that's a nice one keith richards i like the quickness and the response <laughs> I've, I've thought about that for a while you know that he looks like he's got a lot of wisdom a lot of stories to tell um so i yeah that would be something that that uh definitely would be eye-opening for me be a very dangerous 24 hours though i feel i <laughs> uh, seems to have cleaned up a little bit but uh yeah, yeah yeah good one good one and the final one so what song would appear on the soundtrack to your life yeah i've thought about that quite a while um it, you know in the end of the movie in the beginning of the movie um that's a nice one. That's a nice one. I've I've got so many that I've thought about because to me the the, mu the music is always you know I'm I'm picturing it as a as a scene of something. But if I had to off the bat just pick a song, I'm probably going to regret saying this and think of something better after this. Uh, rocks off from the Rolling Stones. Right, right. What is it about that song that speaks to you? The the it's it's the lyrics. It's it's more like you know. Can you can you handle it when you reach the top and and how it goes from there? You know, some people, because uh, I'm so curious to see how things are going to go. Um, it's just that that uh, also the energy just it, it speaks to me in a way. It feels like a proper 
end of a movie thing, you know, if, if things, it could go both ways, it could go good, bad, the song applies either way. Um, and just to know, could we handle it when we get to where we want to get to? Perfect. Has to be that one. So listen, Keenan, I've really enjoyed it now. It's been great. Thanks a million. Thank you very much. Sir. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. I hope to speak soon again. Trying hard not to let it all out Trying to make it all seem worthwhile Never really know what it's all about But I just can't help when I see you smiling Make it last, make it big, make it rain Watch the drops falling down on the window pane Something else that I used to be to see you with me in between but lady would we ever be I feel you in this empty space early in the morning babe is it really worth the fame when she's standing in the Die
guys i really hope you enjoyed this episode if you did please rate and review us on itunes and spotify and if you're interested in signing up the band builder academy use the link in the show notes below and enter the code concerts and you'll receive 10 percent off so until next time keep rocking hey hey what are you guys still doing there the show's over It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here. Bye.